ओम साम सरस्वती नमः नमस्ते on page 85 of the hanuman puja we're going to begin the worship of durga so as you can see we already worshiped ganesh and then we worshiped the guru and then we worship <coughs> we established a pot and then we worship shiva and now we're going to worship durga This is really fun. You see how we're taking the essential ingredients from each puja, namely a Gayatri mantra and a Dhanam and some offerings, a Bij mantra and a Pranam mantra with a Stotram, and we're putting it all together into a puja. You take all the deities and put them together side by side, and you got a chorus line of all the gods and goddesses just wanting to to really kick it up. <laughs> Uh, so that's the fun part and the creative part about doing worship and doing the pujas you get to put them together and make a puja as long and as loud and as bright and as intense and as emphatic and as intense uh, as you choose and that's your sankalpa So we're going to begin with the Durga Gayatri. It says, "Om Katyaya Naya Bhimahe Kanyakumari Nimaki Tano Durgi Prachodayat." Om. We meditate upon the ever pure one. Contemplate the daughter without flaw or imperfection. May that goddess grant us increase. And now we're going to offer her some flowers, various flowers such as Malika. We decided that was jasmine, and others of excellent scent are being offered to you, our Lord. All these flowers have come from the devotion of our hearts for your worship. Be pleased to accept them with the offering of flowers. Om. We bow to the reliever of difficulties. Remember, Durga takes away the Durga. And her mantra, moon mantra, or beach mantra, is Om Rin Srin Dum Durgaya In Namaha. And eating on the pushpa with these scented flowers, Om we bow to the reliever of difficulties. And remember, ring is all of Maya. What you can see through your senses, conceive in your mind, know through intuition or meditation and beyond. Dum is Durga, and Durga means. Obstacles in Durga takes away the obstacles, and so she removes all the difficulties. And we're going to offer some incense. Uh, Om, spirit of the forest, from you is produced the most excellent of scents, the scent most pleasing to all the gods. That scent we request you to accept with the offering of fragrant scent. Om, we bow to the reliever of difficulties. Uh, this is an excerpt from the Devya Kavacham, and the first is the goddess of inspiration. These are nine Durgas, nine links in the chain, which take us step by step to perfection. So first you start with an inspiration. The second is the goddess of sacred study. You make a sankalpa to study the, what turns you on. You. Learn about what you're inspired. What inspires you? Third is the goddess of the delight of worship. You start practicing the knowledge that you've just gained. The fourth is purifying austerity. Is fourth you refine that practice until you're good at it. Even better than good at it, you become really efficient, like a sadhu. The fifth is the goddess who nurtures divinity. You become divine by doing what you're good at, and that means you just shine. You're a shining one, a devo or a devi. You just shine and radiate. You do it with such precision, with such efficiency, with such a mind submerged and absorbed in this. Divinity of knowing what I'm doing and why I'm doing it and how does it work and it feels right. It's coming from here. It's not. I don't have to think my way through it. I'm nurturing the divinity, the sixth one who is ever pure. Yes, you got it down. It's yours. Why this is Kandamati? 
Skanda Mata is she is the mother of Skanda. She's the the mother who nurtures the divinity. Skanda Mata Iti Skanda Mata Iti. Skandamata is the mother of Skanda, and the mother of Kartike is the mother of Tapasya, and she is the one who nurtures the divinity because that's the name of Parvati. She nurtures the divinity. And the, the sixth is the one who is ever pure. The seventh is the goddess of the dark night of overcoming egotism. There comes a point where I am not the doer. You, I am the car and you are the driver. Just as you drive, just so I run. I give up the egotism, I give up the attachment, I give up all possession and idea of my I and mine. And I, I just become one with the great radiant light is eighth. She is Mahagori Iti. Mahagori Iti. Chashtama, cha, and Mahagori, the great radiant light, is the eighth. Mavalang Shiddhi Dhatri Cha, and the ninth is the goddess who grants perfection. Navadurga Prakirtita, and these are known, these are famous Prakirtita, these have become famous, and they are enumerated as the nine Durgas. The nine Durgas, the relievers of difficulties, have been enumerated. And these names have been revealed by the great soul of the Supreme Himself, Brahma Neva. Even only Brahma Himself, Mahatmana, that great soul, Mahatma, uh, uh, Namani, Yuktani, Tani, Namani. These names have been revealed by the great soul of the Supreme Himself, Om. Sri Durgayari Namaha. And now as a stotram, we chose the Argala stotram. Remember the secret to the Chandi is so powerful that the door to the secret has been shut and locked with uh, an orgel, which is like a deadbolt lock. And a kilikam, which is like a chain or a security latch. Uh, and you put on a kavach, your suit of armor, which is these nine durgas, are, they are a part of that suit of armor. And then this argolistotram is the praise that unlocks the dead bolt lock. And when you put on your suit of armor, you open the deadbolt lock, you take off the latch of the security pin, then you are capable of opening the doors to the secret of the Divine Mother. And that's where the magic of Tantra comes alive. When you open that door and you look inside, it's the secret place where only the Divine Mother allows us to enter. No one else can enter without her permission. So this is the Argala Stotram, the praise which unfastens the bolt. Dadam dadam om asya sri Argala Stotram mahantrasya. Presenting the respected mantras and the praise which unfastens the bolt. The consciousness which pervades all is the seer. Anishtuk, 32 syllables to the verse, is the meter. The respected great goddess of true wealth. And remember, that's Mahalakshmi, the great goal, the great luxury, the great wealth, the great uh, values of all. She's the deity. For the satisfaction of the respected mother of the universe, this appendage of the 700 verses, that's the 700 verses of the Chandi, is applied in recitation. Om Namas Chandikayati. Om, we bow to the goddess who tears apart thought and Markandeya said. Om, she who conquers over all, 
all auspiciousness, she who is beyond time, the excellent one beyond time, the bearer of the skulls of impure thoughts, and she's taken and cut down all the negativities, all that are, all the voices that are wrapping away in our brains. She just made a garland, a mala of all those negativities. She bears the skulls of impure thought, the reliever of difficulties, loving forgiveness. Supporter of the universe, oblations of I am one with God and oblations of ancestral praise. Swaha, swada, namostute, to you we bow. Conquer, O oh goddess, slayer of passion and meanness. Conquer, reliever of the troubles of all existence. Conquer, O oh goddess, who pervades this all, the dark night. Overcoming idiotism, we bow to you. I'm praying for your victory, Ma, because you're going to defeat all the negativities and all the voices that are chattering inside my mouth, my mind. Remember, Chandi comes from Chaitan, the root Chaid, to, to tear apart. Tear, tear apart all the duality, tear apart all the negativity, tear apart all the egotism, tear apart all the uh, 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 attachments, except for the attachment to you. The dark night of overcoming egotism, we bow to you. Now you, to you who defeated too much and too little, giver of the blessing to the creative capacity, we bow. Give us your form. Give us victory. Give us welfare. Remove all hostility. Now, remember in the first chapter of the Chandi, she put too much and too little into balance. Uh, too much and too little had done this tapasya, and they came out of the dirt of Vishnu's ears, and they saw Brahma, the creative capacity, sitting in the lotus in Vishnu's navel, and they said, Oh, that looks like a nice place for us to sit. We should be the commanders in chief, the prajapati, the, the lords of all beings born, will be afflicted by too much and too little. Everyone who does anything, they'll wake up in the morning and say, I I don't have enough. And they'll go and they'll work all day long and say, I don't have enough, give me more. And they'll come home and bring home all the loot and they say, oh my gosh, I can't sit still, I've got too much. Uh, and so then they say, well, what should we get rid of? I don't want to get rid of it all because then I'll have to go out and get some more. I don't want to get, I can't keep it all because it's too much. I need a bigger house. I don't have enough. Well, I need more closet space. I can fill it up more. Just look in your garages and find out all the stuff that you've accumulated. It's too much. And you still get up in the morning and think, I don't have enough. <laughs> I'm going to go get some more. She defeated too much and too little. She gave the blessing to Brahma. Give us your form. Hey, Mom, we, we want to see your form. We've had enough of all these forms in the, the, the sansar. We've had enough of looking at my own form. Take away the mirror. Let me see your form. Give us victory over this little ego. Give us victory over this attachment. Give us welfare and remove from us all hostility. We want to live in peace. No enmity with anyone at any time. We live in the center. We live in love. To you who caused the destruction of the great ego. That's the second chapter. Second, third, and fourth chapters are the, the Uttra, the Madhyama Charitra, the middle character of the Chandi, takes away Mahishasura, Mahan Isha Asur. The Asur is duality, the Isha is the ruler, and the great ruler of duality is me. My ego, I, to you who caused the destruction of the great ego, giver of happiness to devotees, we bow, give us your form. I don't need mine anymore. I just want yours. Give us victory. Let us conquer all these negative thoughts. Give us welfare. Remove all hostility. To you who see, slew the seed of desire, 
Oh, God is destroyer of passion and meanness. Passion and meanness come in chapter 7, the seed of desire in chapter 8. Give us your form. Give us victory. Give us welfare. Remove all hostility. Slayer of self-conceit. Chapter 10, self-deprecation. In chapter 9, sinful eyes. In chapter 6, give us your form. Give us victory. Give us welfare. Remove all hostility. All revere your lotus feet, O goddess, giver of all that is beautiful. Anything beautiful came from you. Give us your form. Give us victory, give us welfare, remove all hostility. You of unthinkable form and activity, destroyer of all opposition, give us your form, give us victory, give us welfare, remove all hostility. For those who bow to you with devotion, you remove all distress. Let us bow to you again and again and again. Please let us never tire from bowing to you. Give us your form. Give us victory. Give us welfare. Remove all hostility. For those who praise you with full devotion, we sing your stutis, we do bhajan, we do bandana. Oh, you who tear apart thought, destroyer of all maladies, everything, all negativities, all maladies, every disease, every kind of affliction, all kinds of mental affliction and physical pain, give us your form, give us victory, give us welfare, remove all hostility. Oh, goddess who tears apart thought, for those who constantly worship you with devotion, give us your form, give us victory, give us welfare, remove all hostility. Give beauty, freedom from disease, give us supreme happiness, give us your form, give us victory, give us welfare, remove all hostility. Grant the destruction of all that is disruptive, Grant increase in strength. Give us your form. Give us victory. Give us welfare. Remove all hostility. O goddess, grant welfare. Grant supreme prosperity. Give us your form. Give us victory. Give us welfare. Remove all hostility. O you who tear apart thought, whose feet are rubbed, by the crest jewels of gods and enemies alike, we put our, the toppest, the highest, the toppest, the highest part of our top, the crest jewel at the, your feet, the lowest part of you. The blessings will flow with the laws of gravity. They'll all come to we who humble ourselves before you. Give us your form. Give us victory. Give us welfare. Remove all hostility. Make this person endowed with knowledge, endowed with welfare, endowed with true wealth. Give us your form, give us victory, give us welfare, remove all hostility. You who destroy the great egotism of thought, you who tear apart thought, to us who bow to you. Give us your form, give us victory, give us welfare, remove all hostility. He of four arms and four faces, that's problem. The creative capacity sings the, the praise of the energy of the Supreme Sovereign. Give us your form, give us victory, give us welfare, remove all hostility. O oh, goddess, Oh, Mother of the Universe, your praise is always sung by the doer of all. That's Krishna. That's Vishnu. Brahma sings it. Vishnu sings it. Give us your form. Give us victory. Give us welfare. Remove all hostility. Himachala Sutanat. The Lord of the da daughter of the Himalayas. Himalayas is Parvat. The daughter of the Himalayas is Parvati. The Lord of Parvati is Shiv. 
sings the praise of the energy of the Supreme Sovereign. Give us your form. Give us welfare. Give us victory. Give us welfare. Remove all hostility. Indrani Pakti. Indrani is Indra's wife. Her Pakti, her Lord, is Indra. Indra always sings. The husband of the energy of the rule of the pure, which is Indra, worships the energy of the Supreme Sovereign with pure feeling. Give us your form, give us victory, give us welfare, remove all hostility. O oh, goddess, with your great staff of discipline, <clears throat> not without discipline, with your great staff of discipline, you destroy the egotism of thought. Give us your form, give us victory, give us welfare, remove all hostility. O oh, goddess, mother of the universe, to the people who are devoted to you, you give inexpressible peace and delight. Give us your form, give us victory, give us welfare, remove all hostility. Give me a wife in harmony with my mind, who follows the changes of mind, and who can lead a good family across the difficulties of the ocean of objects and the relationships. Now, this term patning is not just a physical life. It means a spouse. It means a shakti. It gives an energy. If I am Shiva, then I'm asking for shakti. If I am Shakti, I'm asking for Shiva. Give me a spouse, a partner, in harmony with my mind, who follows the changes of mind, and who can lead a good family across the difficulties of this Sansar Samudra. This ocean of objects and their relationships. After reciting this hymn of praise, a man or a devotee should recite the great hymn of praise, the number of which is 700 verses. <laughs> and he or she will attain to supreme perfection. Om. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. And now that we are going to sing the chandi when we complete this puja, and we have instructions and we know what it is that we're seeking, why do we want, give me your form, I want darshan, I want to see you, I want to be with you, I want to have the same appearance as you, I want to have salukya, samipya, sarupya, sadrishya, sayuj. I want the five different kinds of samadhi, and I bow to you, give me the shakti to cross this ocean of existence. Yeah. And now we'll worship Vishnu. Let's start with his Gayatri Mantra. Narayanaya Bhidmahe, Boshu Devaya Bhimaki, Tando Vishnu Prachodoyad. Om, we meditate upon manifested consciousness, the ayan of Nara. The Narayan, the eye and the eyes, the perceiving capacity of all humanity, the manifested consciousness, contemplate the Lord of the earth. May that he who pervades the universe, that guy, Vishnu, Prachudoyat, Prachudoyat, grant us increase, let it rise complete, continually, continually get brighter and brighter and bigger and better and more and more intense. Now we're going to offer you flowers, various flowers such as Malika and others of excellent scent are being offered to you, our Lord. All these flowers have come from the devotion of our hearts for your worship. Be pleased to accept them with the offering of flowers. Oh, we bow to the consciousness which pervades all. With these scented flowers, Om, we bow to the consciousness which pervades all. And Vishnu's uh, uh, beach mantra is clean. 
And Ka means the cause, and La means the manifested existence, and E means this causal body, and Anuswar means the perfect, the cause of the perfect dissolution of manifested existence into the causal body is Kaleem, who pervades all. We're going to offer some incense, O oh, spirit of the forest. From you is produced the most excellent of scents, the scent most pleasing to all the gods. That scent we request you to accept with the offering of fragrant scent. Om, we bow to the consciousness which pervades all. We had our, our, our Gayatri Mantra, we made some offerings, and now we are going to recite the meditation, the cause of peace, Shantakara. He's the cause, the Karan of Shant, the cause of peace. Lying on a snake, from whose navel sprang the lotus. That's where Brahma's sitting. The Lord of Gods, who supports the universe, appearing as the sky, who is dark as a cloud and has a beautiful body. He is the Lord of Lakshmi, with lotus eyes, who is realized by yogis in meditation. The highest respect to Vishnu, who removes the fear of existence, or all fear from existence and is master of all of the worlds. O oh, light of wisdom, whenever the way of ideal perfection declines, yada yada dharmasya, glanir bhavatu bhartha, and impropriety becomes the way of action, inappropriate actions, inappropriate objectives become the way for humanity to follow. The universal soul becomes manifest to eradicate untruth. For the preservation of the truthful and the destruction of the evil activities, for the purpose of establishing the way of ideal perfection, the self becomes manifested from age to age. No weapons can cut the soul. No fire can make it to burn. Neither can water make it wet, nor can the blowing wind make it dry. We bow down to the Lord of all knowers of divinity and to the knowers of the rays of light, to he who creates the duality of the world, to the doer of all, to he who is one-pointed light, we bow, we bow. We bow down to the Lord of the three worlds. We bow down to he who is beyond the three. We bow down to he is it who is in all the directions and surrender all unto you. We bow down to the Lord who pervades all existence, to the shining one of all the worlds. It is you who is the creator and you who destroys and you are the undefeatable one as well. It is this Vishnu which is our truth. It is this Vishnu which is our world. It is this Vishnu which is our all. Thus, please destroy all our sins. The manifestation of consciousness is the highest divinity. The manifestation of consciousness is the highest purifying austerities. The manifestation of consciousness is the highest God. Everything always is the manifestation of consciousness. Om Klim Vishnavenamaha. Om Sam Sarasvati Namaha. Let's pause here and see if there are any questions before we begin the discussion of our next chapter. We have a question from Swarupananda. Namaste Swarup. Pranam. If we wanted to recite extra stotrams such as the Shiva and Devi Kavach, would we add those at the end of each deity's worship? Yep. 
You sure would. You could, if there's a pranam, you could add it before the pranam. If you like, you can add it after. If there isn't a pranam or you don't see the pranam because the pranam is in the text, then uh, you can add it wherever it feels appropriate. appropriate. It's your way to worship God. Swarup, it's, there is no legislated way to worship God. There is no one way to have a love affair with God. It's your love affair. You'll express your love in your way. There's no wrong way. There are accepted ways that we perform. And these have been accepted and they are traditional, but you have the latitude with which to improvise Make your own expression of your love affair in your way. Yes, you can add in extra stotrums. You can add, instead of singing just those uh, uh, hundred, uh, you could sing the thousand names of Vishnu. You could sing the thousand names of Durga. You could sing the thousand names of Shiva. You could make this puja last all day long. Or you could go to uh, a more advanced puja and then add the Chandi and then add the Devi Gita and then add Bhagavad Gita and then add the, the Durga Sahasranam and then add the... As much as you can do, just so bright and light and powerful will be the intensity of your absorption. And that's the goal, to be completely submerged we have a question from Ambika. Namaste Ambika, Namaste Shan. Namaste. Can you please explain what we should do with the flowers, rice, water, etc. at the end of the day after we clean up the altar? Yes. Uh, there are a number of ways that you can clean your altar and dispose of it. Uh, in the Devi Mandir, we have a number, uh, a big family. We've got peacocks and deers and, and chipmunks and squirrels and all kinds of people that like to have, enjoy the prasad from the offering. So we just put it outside. You can put it in your garden. You can put it at the foot of a tree. You can put them in the ocean. You can put them in the river. You can put them almost anywhere, in any respectful manner you choose to share the offering of your love to God and feed and nurture and nourish other beings in the process. You can feed the fish, you can feed the squirrels, you can feed the birds, you can put it out as a decorative ornament, you just put it all in the river, in a stream, in a brook, in a pond. There are many ways. You choose the most appropriate for your circumstance. And that circumstance will change every time you change your location. You may be on the bank of a river today and put it on the river and tomorrow you'll be in a forest, you put it at the foot of a tree and the next day you'll be in a garden and you put it in the garden and spread it amongst the flowers. The ideal is to nurture creation with the the fruits of our worship. We have a question from Nanda. Namaste Nandama. Pranam, why is the wife referred to as Shakti or energy? Do not men have energy also? No, they are absolutely useless. <laughs> the boys are, have no energy at all until the girls come. So the Shiva is the consciousness and Shakti is the energy and that is the Ardhanarishwar within each of us all the time. However, if it weren't for the girls, the boys would never have come down from the trees. Uh, we would have stayed up there swinging from limb to limb. We were all born as a bunch of swingers anyway and that's why it's hard to keep the guys at home. But when you stop swinging and you figure out that the shakti, the energy, is what keeps you motivated and focused and that energy is what inspires your capacity of devotion, then the women are referred to as shakti and the men are referred to as shiva. And that's generally how we relate to each other. Although numerous times I've been called the shakti of Srima. <laughs> Numerous times. <laughs> if anybody else is looking for nice shakti, come on over, I'll show you how to do it. <laughs> we have another question from Swarupananda. Namaste Swarup. Pranam. 
Is there any specific way we should arrange the flower offerings in this puja? Or can we just make up our own and try to make it look pretty? Make up your own and you can do different things in different days and you can do all kinds of patterns and you can draw pictures and you can uh, write letters. I used to write in Sanskrit with flowers. I would write mantras. I would write ma. I would write uh, Om Namah Shivaya. I would write uh, Om Hong Hanumate. I would, there's so many things you can do. There is no end to your creativity. This is your love affair. This is a little bit different from the cosmic puja. We're not there yet. The cosmic puja is a map. And the cosmic puja tries to draw, draw with flowers a road map. And it shows step by step how did I arrive at the destination which was my son where did I want to go? How did I get there? What did I do to get there? Well, I put too much and too little into balance. Here's a flower in commemoration. I cut down the ego, and there's a flower in commemoration. I, I, I gave up all my attachments. There's a flower in commemoration. When I look at the map at the end of the puja, I say, oh, I really made the journey. <laughs> Each flower has a specific definition, and it has a place in the puja. However, that does not in any way limit the amount of creativity that you can use in the improvising. What is the message you want to tell to God in your worship? It's your love affair. Do it any way you choose. We have a question from Sharanya. Namaste Sharanya. Pranam. Is there some esoteric significance to worshipping the deities in this particular order with Ganesh first, followed by Hanuman, Shiva, Durga, Vishnu, etc.? Yes. Next. <laughs> yes, there is. Ganesh got the boon, he would be the first one worshipped. After you worship Ganesh, you can open the door. After you open the door, the first one you want to say is, Thank you, Guru, you taught me how to do this. My principal deity and the principal purpose of establishing this pot is Hanuman, so he comes next. And then I've got uh, Shiva, Durga, Vishnu. And then we're going to get to the sun and the nine planets. We are worshipping Panchdevata, the five divisions of Hindu philosophy. Of all in every puja, there is reference and reverence made to Shiva, the Panchdevatabhyo, and then to Durga, to Vishnu, uh, to Ganesh, and to the nine planets. They're all included in this puja. Now, do you want to do Vishnu first and Shiva last? I'm not going to argue with you. I don't see the reason for rewriting the book for that reason. You will be better served by learning this puja in the order in which it's presented. And after you are familiar with it, then you can have enough discrimination to know how you want to reorganize it. But for the time being, learn it as it's written, and then you'll get it in order. Each of the vidis of the pujas are written in a certain way so that when you put down the flower and you say the mantra, you know that I've got all the mantras of that vidi and I've got all the vidis of that puja, of that krum. And krum is the organization of puja. And I've got all the krum, all the crumbs, <laughs> that's fun, all the kramabi of my padothi which is the outline of the, of the Master Puja. And within that Pavothi, I've, I've got an organization and it goes from a master outline with a title to a capital and a Roman numeral and, a, and the capital cardinal letters and then the, the, the regular numbers and letters and it gives you a step-by-step -step breakdown of how you make an outline. In the same way, you've got this Puja Pavothi this whole puja, and if you would learn it the way it's written, then you'll have the discrimination to see how I want to reorganize it, or how I want to change it, or what I, more I want to add to it, or maybe I'm ready for the next book. So, Sharanya, I, I propose to you that you learn it in the organization in which it's presented, so that you get a full empowerment of how do you design your puja? 
This is going to teach you how do you organize worship? How do you get together? I've got a Gayatri mantra, I've got offerings, I've got flowers and incense, and I've got for each deity, and then I've got a dhyanam, I've got a stotram, I've got a pranam, I've got these basic ingredients. Now I can add something more like, like uh, Swarup wants to do. Uh, he wants to add the Vishnu Sahasranam after the worship of Vishnu, and then he's going to do the Shiva Sahasranam and the Durga Sahasranam. Hey, you... You can make it as complex as you choose after you learn how to do the simple puja. But I want to warn you and go on record as saying that after you finish this <clears throat> intermediate-ish puja, there is an advanced puja. And after the advanced puja, there's a cosmic puja, and after the cosmic puja, there's a cosmic puja padoti, which includes the chandi yagya padoti. And after the chandi yagya padoti, it goes on to your postdoc work. And I, we have presented enough work to keep you busy for a long, long time. We have a question from Julia. Namaste, Julia Ma. Namaste. On pages 86 to 87, could you tell us each Sanskrit name of Durga and its English counterpart so we can note, note down which one is which? 86 and 87. Yes, uh, they are presented in the order of the text. So, the first is Shailaputri, the, the goddess of inspiration. Second is Brahmacharini, the goddess of sacred study. Third is the goddess of the delight of worship, which is Chandragangta, Chandragangta Iti, Chandragangteti, Chandragangta. Fourth is Kushmanda. She is the goddess of purifying austerities. The fifth is the goddess who nurtures divinity, Skandamata. The sixth is Katyayani, who is ever pure. The seventh is Kalaratri. She is the great, the goddess of the dark night of overcoming egotism. And Mahagori is eighth. She is the goddess of the great radiant light. Navamang Siddhidatricha, the ninth is Siddhidatri. And she is, is uh, the grantor of perfection. Navadurga Prakirtita, these are the nine Durgas. These are the nine names. Learn them. They'll be your best friends. They'll really take you along the path. If you want to analyze your goals, start with your inspiration. Why do I, why, what happened to me that I'm inspired to follow that example? Why is it that I want to, I choose to follow that example? I could follow a myriad of examples. Why do I want to choose that one? First, I got an inspiration, and now I start studying. What is that example doing? And how is that going to help me in my life? The third is the delight of practice. Uh, how can I put, implement that knowledge into my life? This is a perfect outline, along with all the various outlines we've given you for goal setting and making lists of what you wish to accomplish, what's your contribution to life. This goes right into that. This fits right in, Julia. So learn, learn the names of these goddesses. They'll be very, very helpful to you. Very helpful. We have another question from Ambika. Yes, Ambika, namaste. As we continue to work to win the battle of too much and too little and keep Chandi present in our lives, should we chant the Navarna Mantra or the Chandi Gayatri that we are chanting for the Sankalpa? What is the difference between the two? Well, there are differences between all the mantras. Every mantra has a distinct vibration, distinct information, and a unique identity that it's going to convey to us. Now, uh, you can use them both. We're empowering you to become universal. We don't want to limit you. We don't want, we want to give you as much knowledge, as much information, as much empowerment as we possibly can. So you have the energy, you have the discrimination. You can choose whether you want to worship her as Chandi or as, or as, as Durga. And they're all very, very closely aligned. All the goddesses are one. There's only one mother of the universe. And you are not 
yet sufficiently sophisticated in your experience to, to be able to determine this, this is Changi's vibration, this is Durga's vibration. Use them all until you feel yourself slipping away from your self-control and into her control and then you'll know which of the goddesses took you. Which of the goddesses saved you from yourself? Where they took away your ego and attachment. How did you move into that bhavana? How did you move into that feeling? How did it come about? Then you'll understand. Until you don't have the experience on the God, use them both. Uh, but if I have anything to say about it, I would use the, the Chandi uh, Navarna Mantra. Because she's the one who took me. We have a question from Chandana. Namaste Chandana! How can we inspire the highest energy in others, especially those we love, when they act from a place of selfishness, especially if repeatedly? By living the example, Chandana, you've got to really buy into this. It's not just a theory, it's not just a philosophy, it's not just an ideal, it's a way of life. And I really want you to live it. And if you live it, they're going to see your integrity. They're going to see your sincerity. You can tell them about it all you like to you until you're blue in the face. It's not going to make a bit of difference until you show it to them. What change did it make in your life? What happened to you because of this knowledge, because of this practice? Well, how do you feel it different? Are you different? Are you inspired? Are you learning? Are you growing? Are you making a valuable contribution? Is your life changing? Are you evolving because you, you, of this spiritual empowerment that you're receiving? If you're not evolving, then you're not receiving anything of value. So if you are receiving something of value, you must evolve into the person that you respect most highly. And then people will respect you because of you respecting yourself. When you feel so good about your contribution to all of humanity and all of creation and what you're doing with your life, then everybody else is going to see, wow, that person's turned on. She's doing something really marvelous. I want to know the source of her inspiration. And when you're just kind of hanging out and tolerating life and, and shouldering the burdens and trying to muddle your way through the confusion, then everybody says, well, it can't be, she can't be doing anything so great. Look at her energy level. Oh, if you got it, you got the juice. If you got the energy, and then you don't have to say a word to convince others. You don't have to convince anybody. You just do your thing. We're with you 100%. We have a question from Shankari. Namaste, Shankari. <laughs> when doing the Visarjan, after which mantra do we remove the flower of Prampratishta? Well, I uh, usually do it after Om Tat Sat, Shamashwa. And you use the Visarjan mantra, and you pick up the flower, you put it in your heart. I, you please forgive me, I'm, I'm sorry. I, I left you on the altar all day long and now here I am putting you back in my heart. And thank you for the privilege of spending the day with you. There you were on my altar all day, guarding the, all the gods and goddesses, all my divine energy. I think that's probably the most appropriate. I don't know if there's a Visarjan mantra in uh, in this puja. Oh yeah, there's a Visarjan mudra at the end of the fight. There is. You're right. We have another question from Nanda. Yes, Nandama. Namaste. Pranam. What is the form of the goddess when we ask, give us your form? <laughs> All right, Miss Neti Neti. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> Try to put me on the spot. Do you think I can tell you what is the form of the infinite beyond conception? 
Would you even hold me responsible for trying to give such a discourse? Are you crazy? I wasn't born yesterday and I'm not going to fall for that, madam. Uh, it's nithy nithy, but we know it's your form. We know it. It's the form of the infinite beyond conception. Now what is that? <laughs> Come and tell me. We have another question from Ambika. Namaste Ambika. When we create a flower garden garland, do we determine its length based upon the size of the deity we are worshiping or by a certain number? Oh, it could be either or or many. Uh, we, we've had, if you've got a lot of flowers, make a big one. <laughs> Wrap it around again and again. If you've got just a few flowers, you can make a small, thin one. If you're going to a public temple and you want to offer a specific flower, a, a garland, uh, maybe you'll make 108 lotuses. Maybe you'll make 108 rock the jobo, uh, uh, red hibiscus flower. Maybe, you'll, maybe you'll, you'll, you'll make the garland according to the worship that you're proposing to perform. Whatever is appropriate for you. If you're going to put it on a pot that's sitting right in front of you, you want to make a small garland, maybe 12 inches in length so that you know it's not wrapped around the floor and going around the temple and, and you step on it. And stu you want to do what's appropriate for your circumstances, Ambika. Use your common sense. And if you don't have any common sense, well, think what would Ma do in this circumstance? What would be appropriate? Don't try to make hard and fast rules about how I'm going to love you. Love with an open heart. We have a question from Nanda. Namaste, Nanda Ma. <laughs> Is it best to stick with using one specific mala for job? I tend to have multiple malas in multiple places. One for the car, one for the purse, and use them at the appropriate locations. <laughs> Nanda, if you make job in the car and make job in the purse and make job in the, in the ball and job in wherever you are, use all the malas at your disposal. But you could have one mala around your neck, which you use for everything, and you know it's always there. I mean, why else would you have a neck? God made us with necks in order so that we could wear a mala. It wasn't so that we could practice necking. It was so in order to wear a mala that we used to, that we got these necks. So if you wear the mala all the time, whenever you get a chance, you just take off the mala and do your job. And if you need one, a special one for the car, okay, you got one in the car, that's great. If you got one in the in the kitchen, you got one in the bathroom, you got one in the wherever you are, go ahead and do your job. I think you're good. <laughs> that's good. Yeah, to have one in the bathroom? Yeah. Yeah, a special mantra for while you're sitting down. Another one for when you're standing up. One for the shower and one whoa. All right, Nanda, you got the you got the drift. We have a question from Julia. Namaste, Julia Ma. When Chandi slays self-deprecation, she has to hit him with the pike and then behead him. But she only has to stab self-conceit with the pike. Does it take more energy to slay self-deprecation? <laughs> well, no, she's got all the energy there is. So actually what she's doing is removing the energy from the various asuras that are perplexing us. Now, obviously, self-deprecation is the guy who gets us into a lot of trouble. But his brother's self-conceit is equally strong uh, it just happens to be the poetry of the battle that she hits him over the head and then stabs him uh, for self-deprecation and she just stabs self-conceit. But do you remember she stabbed him and then he came out, she stabbed uh, 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 the great ego and she cut off his head and then another came, being came out of, uh, of the trunk of the, of the Mahish of the buffalo and started fighting with a man with a sword and he, he just kept changing his form no matter what she would do to him. She stabbed him, she cut off his head, she beat him over the head with a club, she, she knocked some sense into him and then she helped, finally held him down with her foot and stabbed him with a spear. Now, uh, all of these... <laughs> 
all of these just go to show, Julia, I mean, it, it is, it's a very worthy opponent that we're facing. And he will use every devious method at his disposal to escape surrender to the Divine Mother. He does not want to be defeated. He says, I am the ego. I am in charge. Everyone is a servant of ego. No one does anything without saying, I am the doer. Now that's pretty strong. So in both cases, self-conceit and self-deprecation, she, she battles with them until they finally meet their demise. Uh, it's not that one is stronger than the other or it takes greater effort. Of course, there is a sequence of events and it does take a lot of effort to defeat self-conceit, but it takes an equal amount of effort at least to, to defeat self-deprecation as well. In this puja, is the worship of Shiva, Durga, and Vishnu like equivalent to the worship of um, Sita, Ram, and Hanuman? No. No? No. It's not equivalent to. It's the worship of, of Shiva, Durga, and Vishnu. Why shouldn't we worship the supreme divinities? We're worshiping Sita here. We're worshiping Ram here. We're worshiping Hanuman here. They are not separate, I mean, they're, they're, they are not worshipped as separate entities, but they are all included in this puja. And now we're going to read the Hanuman Chalisa, the adventures of Hanuman, the Bajaranban, the arrow of the foremost, the, of the strong. And it, it will, we'll get to mention Ram's name many times and Sita's name many times. And Hanuman, of course, has already been re, uh, respected and regarded. And now we're talking about his, this is Hanuman's puja. Now, in the Hanuman Puja, we are worshipping Ganesh, Guru, Shiva, Durga, Vishnu, the sun and the nine planets, and Hanuman. And, of course, Sita, Ram, Bharat, Lakshman, Shatrughan. They're all invoked in the Puja in various places. So, don't get too technical. Don't think your way through this love affair. Fear. <laughs> we have a question from Swarupananda. Namaste, Swarup. Does it matter what time we perform our sadhana? And if so, what is the best time? Best time is first thing, first thing you do when you get out of bed is pre prepare ye the way of the Lord. Make yourself, start the day with puja if you can. Now, if you have a, a, a work in the day or you work in the night and you work and you don't get home till late and you can't, you can't start early in the morning, then start when you can start. But do it when you're fresh and when you're awake and when you're energized and you feel good, good about doing it and you're inspired and you feel like getting up early in the morning and doing what you do before you go off to face your day's uh, labors, then energize yourself with the respect of God. That would be the best time. But now, we, remember in Sri Vidya, we have four sandhyas, four times of worship, uh, morning, noon, and night, and midnight. You can worship any time. You should worship all the time. The idea is to string them all together. You start a morning puja, then an after, a midday puja, an afternoon, evening puja, and a night puja, and then you sew them all together, and you make one puja, <laughs> 24 hours a day. Ad infinitum. <laughs> it just keeps going. <laughs> we have a question from Kanta. Namaste, Kanta Nanda. We want to move away from the idea of I am the doer, but sometimes trying to do things anonymously is just as egocentric as acting outright. What is the best way to navigate I am not the doer? Kanta, in my opinion, discrimination is the most important tool in your chest. In your arsenal of tools, discrimination is going to tell you in what circumstances is what kind of behavior appropriate. And that's what you should do. You can't make rules on how to have a fluid love affair. You just got to go with the flow. It, it can't be static. 
So you've got to use your discrimination and say, God, where is it appropriate for me to take credit and where is it appropriate for me to do it anonymously? Where is it appropriate and what circumstances are appropriate to, to what kind of behavior is appropriate in what circumstances? That's really the question. As soon as you develop that kind of criteria, you've got that discrimination, then you know what to do. It's not a question of living by the rules. A sadhu really doesn't need rules. She is in harmony wherever she goes all the time. She's not out of balance. She's in harmony all the time. She doesn't have to consult the rule book. Well, what should I do in this circumstances? It says here, I should do it this way. No, she can feel. Where is it appropriate to give a little more? Where is it appropriate to save a little for yourself? Where is it appropriate to give the maximum? Where is it appropriate to take credit? Where is it appropriate to do it anonymously? Anonymously. We have another question from Julia. Yes, Julia, Ma. And speaking of worship first thing in the morning, can you please talk about how she gives us more energy to do so and increases our, our capacity? Julia, when we wake up in the morning and we're raring to go and we can see, oh gosh, the first thing I'm going to do is get myself ready and I'm going to go to the temple and I'm going to sing. And I'm going to sing loudly and I'm going to sing with energy like I mean it. And pretty soon we start, it becomes, it's not just a habit of life, it's a, it's a way of life. I look forward to it. I mean, it's like brushing my teeth or, or taking a shower. I wouldn't think that I'm going to go out to the world without singing something. I mean, I, even if I sing a short puja, I'm going to sing for 45 minutes or an hour instead of for two hours or three hours. I'm going to go get up and sing. Because that's the first thing that I want to do in my life, is get up and sing. I don't want to wait till later. I don't want to put thoughts in my brain all night long and then get up and, I got to go sing. Think about I'm an instrument of God. Wow. Thank you, Srima. Think about that I am an instrument of God. What do you long to do as an instrument of God? Let him play you. We have another question from Nanda. Yes, Nanda Ma. Lakshman proved himself to be a good brother and a faithful servant of Lord Ram. Why is it then that Hanuman is the example of Dasya Bhava and not Lakshman? Lakshman was the example of brotherly love. Hanuman was the example of a servant. So Lakshman said, I'm going to stay awake for 14 years and I'm not going to close my eyes. I will keep watch over my brother day and night. I'm not going to let him out of my sight. I will always be by his side. Hanuman said, wherever you send me, <laughs> there I'm going. I'm not doing this out of brotherly love. I'm doing this as a servant of the Lord. Whatever I do is just in service to you. So Lakshman was the, the example of brotherly love. Sita was the example of a wifely love. Uh, she said, wherever my husband goes, Sita goes in front and she will clear the path for him, make sure he doesn't have any lack or any paucity or any problem any way, shape or form. Wherever Ram goes, there will be Sita. In the exile of Ram, Sita's exile is declared. Now, they had the relationship, the Baba. Koshalya said, that's my kid. I'm not taking my eyes off the path until I see Ram come home. I'm his mom. I long for my son. Dasarat said, that's my kid. I can't live without him. Ram, Ram Miri Pram. He is my life. He is the life force that runs in my veins. If I can't live with Ram, I will not maintain this life. 
there is no reason for me to maintain this earthly existence without Ram. Bharat said, with all the grace of my king, I will administer his kingdom in the same way, with the same integrity, with the same bhavana, with the same love as my Ram would administer on behalf of his subjects. Every one of them depicted the ideal characteristics of a family relationship. What, is it, what are families about? That dedication, that devotion, that surrender, that atma samarpan to the benefit of the family. I will demonstrate the highest ideal of perfection. My dharma in this relationship is to be the perfect brother, the perfect wife, the perfect father, the perfect mother, the perfect administrator, the perfect servant. Everyone, that's why the Ramayana is so magnificent in its structure. It defines for us what is the perfection of every relationship. What kind of a wife do you want to be? Do you want to be a scheming kaikei who says, Give me the whole kingdom for myself, I'm going to run the kingdom. My son will be the king, forget Ram. You want to be a mantara who, who said, hey, get those kids out of here. <laughs> I, my, my, the, the, I am the servant of Kaikei, and Kaikei's son, Bharat, will be the king. I'm not going to be the servant of Koshalya's son. She discriminated and divided and cut up the family and made divisions and she destroyed the harmony of a family that was living together in the highest harmony. Or do you want to be Koshalya to bring patience, forgiveness, unity, comfort, wise counsel to the unity of the family? You could be a Sita who goes before her husband, or a Ram who is ever fixed, centered in his dharma. Always manifesting the ideal of perfection in every relationship, in every action, in every utterance. You could be a Lakshman who is the brother of the Lord. I won't close my eyes until Ram returns to Ayodhya. The Perfect manifestation of consciousness in the subtle body will reside in the land where always peace prevails. Ayodhya. Then I can rest. These are the, the depictions of the characters of the Ramayana. And that's what the story is about. What kind of character are you exemplifying in your relationships? What is your nishta? What is your loyalty? What is your sincerity? What is, what's your bhavana? Are you thinking about yourself? Or are you thinking about the kingdom? All the citizens of Ayodhya, all the citizens who dwell in the land of peace, how do we manifest peace together? Om Sam Saraswati Namaha. Namaste.